0: What's up, everyone? We're back for post-game Locked On Bucks, except the game that we just watched might not be the number one topic of conversation here as we roll on the podcast. Uh, Demarcus Cousins on the way out. We knew this date was coming. We're gonna break it all down. And then we will touch on maybe not the most enjoyable game of all time to watch the Bucks lost to the Raptors. Let's get into it. Them down. Welcome to Locked On Parks. I'm your host Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily, and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me, it feels like for the first time in a long time, he's back at home. We can see this; uh, his, his beautiful, normal setup that he's got, better than Mitchell Maurer, the founder of BrewHoop.com, and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Uh, Frank, first of all, it's good to be hanging out with you again. And uh, as is always the case, you think you know what you're going to talk about on the podcast, then it changes. Very quickly, of course, we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. And today, Bucks fans are going to be waking up and wanting to know what is going on with Boogie Cousins. Why are the Bucks cutting him? We knew this guarantee date was coming up. The 7th of January was the date that they had to get this done. Uh, Frank, go for it. I'll just, the floor is yours. We've we discussed this a lot. This has been a big topic that we've gone through and, and thought um, what potentially could happen here. But what was your initial reaction when you saw this news come through? that was really only minutes after the final buzzer here in the loss to Toronto.
1: Yeah. I think there, there, um, there, there was some indication this wasn't as shocking as maybe it was to some people earlier today. Um, but I didn't know it was going to happen. I didn't know it was necessarily going to be announced or, you know, leaked. Right. I mean, John horse gave a quoted statement to, uh, to to Woj. So not exactly like, you know, a source to say it's like John horse told him, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's just like multiple, I mean, for a guy who's like a minimum guy, who's, you know, a bench player that, you know, I think we've talked about it. Like, I don't really see defensively how he could play in the playoffs. Um, you know, there's a lot of dimensions to this. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to talk for an hour about, you know, Boogie Cousins and, you know, the the great controversy of, of him. You don't? Right? But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I. I love, let's just say it this way. I think the obvious pro is he really gave a shot in the arm to the offense. He wasn't super efficient. I think he was about 56% true shooting. Um, but especially against some of these bad teams, you know, when the Bucs were missing guys, like like the Dallas game was was obviously kind of a game that stood out. You know, some of the Orlando games, like, you know, he knew how to go at, you know, G League players and and teams that, you know, necessarily didn't always have their shit together and give the Bucs good minutes, useful minutes, um, especially help offensively. Uh, you know, it was interesting, and we talked about when he signed, a little counterintuitively, the the last couple years going from his Warriors, uh, Clippers, and Rockets tenures, which granted pretty small sizes, some samples of each, um, he was always, basically like those teams were always worse with him offensively and better with him defensively, and which is was kind of counterintuitive, but you know, it's kind of like, eh, maybe because he's not very high efficiency and he's just sort of, you know, it kind of throws teams out of rhythm a little bit, having to play through him. And he doesn't necessarily know how to be like a complimentary guy or something. Maybe that's why the offensive stuff hasn't worked out so well. And defensively, yeah, you know, he's this big space eater and that can have value in regular season. Just, you know, being a big guy who rebounds, things like that. But certainly you just 10 Milwaukee, look at the, the data here, the more logical uh, numbers bear out. Um, overall, he was a plus player for the bucks, which I mean, I think in the grand scheme of things, like, you know that's really what you wanted like just have a guy that could come in eat innings while brooke lopez was hurt and not hurt you on the floor and certainly bucks were much better offensively with him on the floor which you know even though he shot really poorly from three um he did a really nice job you know inside as a rim roller uh developing some nice chemistry with chris middleton and drew holiday um, and just using that skill level, he has to to score points, not super efficiently, but efficiently enough, even with his three point shot, not falling and rebounding pretty well, offensive rebounding. So I think that was obviously kind of the the big positive. And, and again, just giving the Bucks a body, because honestly, like, you know, like so many teams like the Bucks have just needed NBA caliber players. And I think that's, you know, he's an NBA caliber player, at least a regular season NBA caliber player for sure. And so, I mean, I, I expect he'll be. Somewhere in the NBA um, after this, I don't think he's you know going to not go signed, especially with all the COVID episodes. So curious, kind of where he lands. But um, but if that was the positive, I think the the negatives were also pretty obvious. You know, defensively, the Bucks allowed teams to shoot seventy eight percent at the rim with him on the floor this year, which is sixteen percent worse uh, than when he's on the bench. That is like stupefyingly bad. Um, his mobility is obviously a problem and. I also don't necessarily know why the Bucs played as aggressively as they did with him in pick and roll coverages, for instance. Um, but again, I don't think he looked like he could hang back and protect the rim playing drop either. Um, you know, we saw that like in some of those games, like Dallas games, like when they, people put him into pick and roll, he, he just couldn't, you know, he couldn't play center field the way we're used to Brooke Lopez and Giannis being able to play center field and, you know, kind of play those two two guys at once. You just can't play two on two pick and roll coverage with him. So um, so you know, I think that sort of showed like, look, I mean, just think back to like, you know, if you play a series against the Phoenix Suns or, you know, the Atlanta Hawks, right? With pick and roll point guards like what we saw the bucks have to face last year, I, I don't think you can keep boogie on the floor in those types of of matchups. As as much as he can do stuff offensively, you know, especially when you're stretching out and playing, you know, Giannis, Chris, Drew major minutes. Um, I just think it's gets very very hard to justify that and you know we saw that right his numbers the 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 Clippers were killed when he was on the floor last year in the playoffs as well so I I don't you know I think we've been talking about I don't think he was going to be a relevant you know player in a in a playoff setting I think obviously the Bucks are very much needing Brooke Lopez to come back um in order to be I think the contender that people want them to be I think if Brooke doesn't come back you know again we'll, we'll we'll probably keep talking about you know robin lopez or if there's somebody else potentially hopefully brooke you know edges closer to a return um but certainly he's not coming back next week right so i don't think the bucks made this decision because brooke is imminently coming back or something like that so um so yeah i mean i think i think that's really the kind of the the, the basketball piece of this i think the other relevant pieces i think certainly financially you know if they waited another day to make this move um, you know, he's about $600,000 guaranteed that they will that they will have, have paid him. Um, if they had guaranteed him and then waived him, you know, next week or a month from now, whatever, um, you know, it would have been another 600 grand plus, uh, which again, when you're in the kind of the luxury tax area that the bucks are in, that's basically a three to four X in tax payments on top of that. So suddenly keeping them an extra day, you know, again, I'm not saying that they would have kept him one more day and then waived him this weekend or something, but that's like a $3 million difference from like an actual cash perspective. So of course, like, you know, the finances of that are going to play into this. If you don't think he's a playoff player, if you don't think that, you know, he's a guy that you can't replace with, you know, some other solution here. Um, but that's obviously a question. You know, they signed Luke Cornett to one of these 10-day uh, hardship, COVID hardship contracts. We haven't seen him um, at all. Uh, I'm curious if we will see him during his 10 day or if we won't. Um, he's a guy that, uh, you know, has had some moments in the NBA, at least, and a little more of a kind of typical rim protector and, and, uh, floor stretcher. But again, you know, is Luke Cornette the guy that's going to get you through the Brooke Lopez injury? Uh, you know, I don't think any of us are, are really looking at it as that guy either. <laughs> so, um, so look, I think it's, a, it's multiple things. Um, and then I think the other piece, which I find very interesting, like nobody on Twitter is talking about, Mike Budenholzer's opinion of, of, of DeMarcus. Um, let's just say if Bud wanted DeMarcus back, I think DeMarcus would not have been waived today. Um, and, you know, again, we we don't see what happens behind closed doors. Um, but look, I mean, as much as people, I think, have said, you know, hey, Boogie's a guy that's well-liked in locker rooms. Um, I don't know that, that he's a Mike Budenholzer type of guy because of some of those defensive issues um, because of, you know, he's got, Terrible body language. He picks up technicals. Um again, it was a little bit of an interesting choice. He's not like a bucks type, not not just a bud type player, a bucks type player. Um, when you think about just sort of the way he carries himself. And again, not to say he's like a bad person or something like that. I don't I don't think he is. Um, but he's always sort of sulking on the court. Again, you know, it goes back. He's always been a guy that picks up technicals, complains a lot. He's obviously not. You know some super two-way hard effort try hard type guy and it's a little different like the bucks typically with these role players they have gone with the kind of you know role player good soldier type guys not the fallen star type guys and boogie was definitely a departure in that regard and you know obviously it's i think pretty telling of what sort of players bud and and the bucks like that wes matthews who was signed shortly after uh boogie will be guaranteed and is going to be with the bucks, you know, presumably here through the rest of the season versus boogie is getting waived before, for the guarantee date. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's just that combination of, you know, not a playoff player financially, there was, you know, a loss of flexibility here. Now you can, you know, go out and sign somebody else without taking a huge, uh, tax and, and cash hit for doing that. Um, so again, you know, um, we, we always, we always say, uh, it's not the job of fans to worry about, you know, the owner's pocketbooks. So I think based purely on that, you know, you can say, Hey, if he's still giving you useful minutes and helping you kind of eat time while Brooke is coming back from injury, just keep them until you don't need them. Right. I mean, financially, that's not the, the, the way that, that you would typically expect the team to operate. But, um, I think from a fan perspective, that's a totally, normal and and acceptable perspective to take but again i think there's multiple dimensions to this and you know again ultimately um you know uh bud was playing him but um you know was was bud gonna go to bat for him the way he certainly in like the story today around the the journal center around west matthews bud was effusive in his praise and how much he loved having west matthews around and all this i don't think that same article was ever gonna be written about bud and uh and boogie cousins but um, you know, as 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 Horst kind of gave it pointing out in some of the quotes to uh, to Adrian Wojnarowski, um, you know, I think I think this was a mutually beneficial arrangement while it lasted. Um, I think Boogie got to show that you know he can still play a little bit, even though he has limitations. Um, and I think the Bucks did get something out of it. And you know, for better or worse, um, doesn't look like that will continue to beyond tonight.
0: Well, you've covered it all, so that's going to do it here tonight on uh, Locked On Bucks. <laughs> and I will say, by the way, Frank. You moved your microphone a little bit after you started talking and the audio got instantly better, which is perfect because I should point out after yesterday's uh, podcast, plenty of people were saying, listen, this is choppy. What's going on with your internet? I've said it before uh, that the Australian internet is a serious problem right now. We've got storms that have been rolling through for a couple of days straight, which the Australian internet needs no excuses to be terrible. So I'm battling through. I understand my audio is not the best today, but we appreciate you sticking with us anyway. Look, I'm doing my best here. But one thing when you mentioned the John Horse quotes that stood out to me, he said we made a strategic decision to have an open roster spot. Uh, That tells you that the Bucks might be doing some shopping over the next few weeks, which is perfect because Shopify is sponsoring the podcast today. And Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business so upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, Frank, uh, so like mine, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale, reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. I wonder if Locked On Bucks will ever move on to TikTok. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But go to Shopify. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm a big TikTok fan, by the way. You'd think I wouldn't be because I'm an old dad. But TikTok, I, I never post anything on TikTok, but I find it very entertaining.
0: I think you should uh, start posting some of your own TikToks and then putting them no. on Twitter so people like me can be involved. But anyway, go to shopify.com slash lockedonmba. Uh, that's all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and you'll get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash lockedonmba right now. That's shopify.com slash lockedonmba. All right, so one thing that, and as we try and navigate through why people have reacted so emotionally to this, Frank, and honestly, I was watching the game on a little bit of a delay and people are pissed. So let's that's, that's acknowledge, that's acknowledge that first of all. Now, I remember when they first signed Boogie Cousins, I felt a little bit bad for, for saying this, but I, I remember saying it on the podcast, I think he's kind of like a poor man's Bobby Portis. Now you've gone through and you've said uh, the reasons why you don't think that he would be playable in the playoffs, I totally agree. Bobby Portis we saw was unplayable in certain certain matchups during the postseason run last year. And quite simply, he's a better player than Boogie. So do I see that both of those guys are going to be in a playoff rotation? No, I don't. And even if you get emotionally attached to Boogie Cousins, which I have as well, I said, I want him to succeed. I want him to go somewhere else and do well, because you can see how much that he actually really wants it. And he's been through a lot. But the reality is the Bucs aren't here to, to say, well, this is a great story. Let's keep Boogie Cousins around. They're trying to win a championship. And they need this. They're going to move open this uh, roster spot. They are going to make a move in the next month. We know it, probably regardless of what's going on with Brooke Lopez. They've done it every single year. So I wasn't totally shocked by this. I'm certainly not outraged by it. Um, but Boogie will go somewhere else. I have no doubt he'll be on another team here in the next few weeks. And, and good luck to it. I hope it works out well. But people will tell you, and I saw this on Twitter, and I think it's a fine reason to be angry about it or whatever. So I'll throw it to you, Frank. People will say, well, fine, but at least Boogie Cousins was contributing on this team over the last few weeks. What about Shemi Augelet? Why is he still on the roster? Why is uh, I saw a number of people don't I didn't say this before, but I saw people saying Thanassus. Why is Thanassus on the roster? Again, I didn't say that. I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Let me be clear. Because he's
1: Janice's brother. Like right, figure well, okay. out, guys. Okay, well okay, <laughs> okay. Well, that
0: one that one might be easier to answer, but you understand the point. Yeah. People will say, well, he actually contributed on the floor. So how do, you, how do you respond to that when you look at a guy like Shemi Ojale who, honestly, I will say not through his own faults. I mean, he's hardly got a run at it here, but he hasn't really contributed to anything all season long.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, well, first off, because Shemi uh unfortunately, has a, guarantee, has a fully guaranteed contract <laughs> or had a fully guaranteed contract. I mean, it, it, his contract would have guaranteed anyway, but um, yeah. but it, it is an interesting question. I mean, I, I think if um, if his contract had not been guaranteed, It is an interesting question about whether the bucks would have actually kept him especially because wes matthews has you know was signed and 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 again they're not exactly like for like but again um you know like if if you're talking yourself into chemi ogile being like a kevin durant stopper then you know um i I don't know that west matthews (laughs) <laughs> they, you'd have a harder time talking yourself into Wes Matthews being that guy either. Like, you know, either guy is just going to, you know, would just get abused probably. And, and, you know, PJ Tucker did too for, for most of that series. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I think that's the, the main piece there is the fact that the Bucks could waive Boogie Cousins and not have to pay him any more money versus they, they couldn't do that with Shemi Um, Also, I mean, Shemi is, is trade eligible. You can aggregate him in trades. Um, and I was uh, shout out to to Nylas Bucks. He he called out the um, the that boogie wouldn't have been eligible to be used as an as like a trade aggregation piece um, before the deadline. So that's that's you know an important kind of factor as well. Just again, flexibility can mean multiple things here. Um, the tradability of that contract um, is is part of that. Um, so so yeah, I mean I think uh, you know for better or worse, it is what it is um i i think if boogie it is an interesting question like if boogie had been tradable at the deadline you know do they just keep him and then you know pay some other team a million bucks to take his contract and you know pay boogie whatever it would have been like a couple probably, thousand dollars. probably right because you keep the yeah.
0: production i mean it's not like yeah. they don't it's not like they don't have a need right now to, to have him for a few minutes
1: yeah so yeah i mean we'll see and you know unfortunately the you know the timing is particularly bad because did he even score in the second half? He had a huge first half tonight. I don't think he even scored in the second half, but um, but the timing was especially bad because, you know, the Bucks, you know, trip over themselves and just lose an inexcusable game on Monday. And then, you know, suddenly Giannis is is ill, misses tonight's game. They lose a, a number of other players due to COVID. And then the Raptors come in and, you know, they're they're just a better team than the Bucs when the Bucs are shorthanded like this. I mean, I don't think there was anything shocking about the Raptors winning this game tonight. Um, and so all of a sudden now, you know, you've lost two games in a row and you've got, you know, a real NBA schedule ahead of you, which, I mean, the Bucs have had the easiest schedule in the league and now things are about to get hard. And so, you know, I think for everybody, the the, the emotions are a bit rare, um, given that the Bucs are, have not been providing, you know, in at least in these two last two games, a whole lot to feel good about. And obviously the depth is is once again being challenged, right? I mean, it's just the way this season is going. A week ago, what the Bucs had like Two, two guys on the injury report, um, and it was like, oh, wow, the Bucks are finally healthy, and you now here we are a week later, um, and I'm, I'm still waiting to hear the, you know, Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton has entered the health and safety protocol um, story because, you know, again, just the way that the, the Omicron variant is kind of ripping through teams, um, Chris, and again, I have no idea, you know, I'm 100% speculating, you know, just given what we're seeing about reinfection and things like that. Um, you know, Drew hasn't had COVID since last season. We know he's vaccinated, but you know, again, um, the way this has, has been kind of going through guys, guys have still been getting, getting caught. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, not a great time, uh, to have to drop this news. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I, I don't, I let me, let me say this, that it's not like they were deciding this tonight, obviously. And um, you know, I think certainly the the full uh the full accounting of this, I'm sure, um, was worked out with between Bud and, and the front office um over the last couple of weeks. And who knows, right? Who knows what they would have needed to see or or you know what would have had to happen for, for them to keep him. But um, you know, it is what it is. And I think now the interesting question is what do they do um in terms of those backup big minutes? We saw you know, Mamu come in and, and provide pretty good minutes tonight, but, you know, Mamu's not a, a, a real center. Um, and so, uh, you know, presumably they're either going to play small, um, maybe they'll play Luke Cornett, who's, a, you know, a more traditionally sized NBA center. Um, and then I think the most interesting question is just like, you know, do they actually try to sign some guys to 10 days here um, and and fill that 15th roster spot? So not, not hardship exceptions, but um, do they look at possibility of signing someone to a you know a quote-unquote regular roster spot you know interestingly they don't really have to because they have all these guys out with covid so they can sign guys using the covid exceptions for now um which provides them some extra flexibility because they can they don't you know, normally you have you can do two ten days and then you have to sign a guy to a full uh, NBA contract I believe with the covid hardship exceptions I think those act as sort of like extra contracts you can provide so Anyway, we'll see what happens, but um, but yeah, I think I'm. I think we're all curious to see what the Bucks do with that extra roster spot, and you know, do they sit on it a while? Because you know, certainly, if you use it now, then you're not going to be able to waive the guy tomorrow and and you know, only pay a prorated salary. If you sign somebody now, that person's going to get six, seven hundred thousand dollars for the rest of the season. You're going to hit that tax payment multiplier on top of that. So, whoever they you know potentially use this roster spot on you know, that's going to be a guy that they're presumably going to need to keep the rest of the season. And again, you may want to keep that roster spot open just, you know, for a potential, you know, extra trade, uh, trade, you know spot, um, moving towards the deadline, which I think is around February 10th this year.
0: Yeah. On yesterday's podcast, I, I went through the list of players that have had COVID who hasn't, and just sort of put on the agenda who could be coming up here. And, and drew was one guy that I mentioned uh, one person I didn't mention was the coach. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, you know, Bud's in the protocol. Hopefully, he's feeling well. We should say shout out to Darwin Ham got the uh, got to step up tonight, and obviously they weren't able to pick up the win. But I think he's been a guy that we we're all hoping would get an opportunity somewhere. Uh, but I would bet that he'll get an opportunity at some point. But if you are into betting, you should head to BetOnline.ag. Uh, they're wishing everyone a happy new year and happy new betting as well as uh, the NBA heads towards the playoffs, NFL as well bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022 new year and new updated desktop and mobile website you can sign up today use the promo code locked on and you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus there as well whether it's football basketball hockey ufc whatever it may be bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet and wager on all your favorite sports that's bet online where the game starts I've been mentioning the Locked On Now podcast, Frank. Uh, you might not want to listen to it tomorrow after a bucks loss, but uh, just keep an eye out for the Locked On Now podcast. You get a quick wrap around from all the Lockdown On podcasts around the league and find out what happened overnight. Um, uh, you know, I was thinking about this game tonight, Frank, anyway, and, and part of, as you sort of alluded to, part of the, the problem is the fact that Boogie Cousins just said 15-10 to 10 and hit a couple of threes, and, and and that maybe adds a little bit of salt to the wound. But... I think when you don't have Giannis in the lineup, we've spoken so much about how Drew has stepped up. It was a pretty rough night for him. He, he did have the 12 assists, but he had eight turnovers. He was only five for 15 from the field. Bucks had no problem scoring in the first half, but it got really, really ugly after that, after that point. And I was actually surprised to look at this box score and see that Chris Milton had 25 points. I felt like he was kind yeah. of quiet, quiet tonight. That, that really snuck up on me there as well. But overall... It was pretty sloppy, and when you don't have Giannis, you kind of sit there and say, "Okay, well, is this going to be a, a Jordan Moore, a thirty point night, twenty five point night, or you're going to have to shoot really well um, from three tonight?" They were able to hit forty three percent of their threes, and it still wasn't enough. But they scored one hundred eleven points. It felt, and a lot of that was in the first half, but it got pretty sloppy down the stretch.
1: Yeah, I mean, hard to find a, a bigger contrast of halves. I mean, they. Yeah. score 40 42 points in the first quarter, 35 in the second and 11 in the third quarter. <laughs> um, and you know, like I'll, I'll just go back to normally what we say, right. Is that the bucks have to win the three point line uh, when they're playing without Giannis, they were basically even 17 to 39 for the Bucks, 16 of 36 for the Raptors. So, I mean, it's not like the Raptors just got ridiculously hot from three and, you know, just were rode that to, to a win. Um, both teams 32 paint points um and so really you know came down to, even the free throw line bucks were plus one at the free throw line really just came down to uh, the raptors hit a bunch of mid-range shots you know pascal siakam was like pulling up on mid-range jump shots uh 20 to 10 they outscored the bucks from mid-range and it's kind of weird that we point at uh you know mid, their mid-range game is as a differentiator but um you know that was that was the biggest difference offensive rebound rates 23 percent for the bucks 22 percent for the raptors it was pretty close um team turnovers though uh, 19 for the bucks only 15 for the raptors i mean i think mean, both teams were pretty sloppy but the bucks were even sloppier and um you know it, it's kind of interesting i mean it's kind of surprising when i look at the box score and fred van vliet um had 19 points on 18 shots uh, he was five out of 10 for three. It felt like he was like five for six from three. I thought he had another oh, kid or something. It was unbelievable. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah. And for those who don't know what Kane's referring to, he uh, had his first child, uh, I guess, right ahead of or during the the Eastern Conference Finals when the Bucks lost to the Raptors and he was, you know, had an historically incredible streak there to end that series. So, um, yeah, I was kind of a little surprised that he wasn't even more effective Um, but Pascal Siakam, I mean, Pascal Siakam just, I mean, just went like right through Chris Middleton twice to start the game. He missed one of the, a layup on one of those scored on the other. And when I saw that, I was just like, Chris Middleton doesn't have a chance against this dude. Like, you know, Siakam's just, he, he, you know, he's six, eight. He's not, he's not enormous, but he's really strong and has gotten very good at getting to his spots. And obviously he's, you know, an athletic guy and. I was almost surprised that he didn't like bulldoze Middleton more um, in this game because you know, as much as the Raptors were playing without a true center, you know, they can play, you know, they can be big without without giving up sort of like athleticism and mobility and defensive versatility. When you start Siakam, Ananobi, and Scotty Barnes, you know, all those guys are in that like six eight to six ten type type range. Um, and and have really good ability to switch and, and bother guys around the basket. So um, so yeah, I mean, I thought that, that obviously just gave the Bucks kind of problems all night. Um, and you know, I, I just thought in the second half, the the Raptors just were just way better at the point of attack and just made life a lot harder. And uh, you know, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I was looking at some like a number of the kind of advanced metrics. I mean, love Fred VanVleet. Um, I think he's an All Star this year. Uh, and you know, I was I was really hoping Drew Holiday could kind of keep up his strong play and really kind of, you know, have a little bit of a statement game against him. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, drew 12 assists. You know, that's nice. Um, but for the most part, you know, I thought Van Vliet just got the best of, of that matchup. And again, Van Vliet wasn't awesome, you know, 19 points on 18 shots, five assists, but just one turnover. And you compare that to, to drew 15 points, 12 assists, eight turnovers. Um, you know, especially in the second half, like it looked like he got frustrated and he was trying to force stuff and he was just booting the ball and, you know, just making, making bad mistakes. And, um, you know, the bucks just got very frustrated, right? I mean, Middleton got that technical in the final two minutes. He was really pissed. Um, and I, like you, I was very surprised. I mean, I looking, looking at his, his line, yes. the fact that he was nine out of 16, six of eight from the free throw line. Um, you know, uh, that's one of the best, stat lines he's had against Nick nurse, uh, in in quite a while. I mean, the Raptors have frustrated him a lot. Um, and again, I thought, you know, he could have been even better tonight if not for, um, you know, some of the, some of the, the defense that, that they played against him. So, um, so yeah, I mean, again, like this is why you want to win the, the games against the Detroit Pistons when you have your three best players at home and the bucks don't do that on Monday. And then, you know, they get some bad injury news here and, um, you know, they get some really hot shooting. I thought they moved the ball really well in the first half. Um, the zone kind of helped, I think, throw off the Raptors a bit um, to kind of let the Bucs get back into it and build, you know, a pretty consistent double digit lead for, for much of that first half. Uh, but then, you know, the third quarter showed up and, you know, they just didn't have anybody who could get, go get a bucket. Right. And, Um, even though the three point numbers ended up still being pretty good, I think they were what 13 out of 21 in the first half or something like that. So that put them at 14 of four of 18 in the second half. Um, you know, I mean, you got to score more than 34 points either way on that. But, um, you know, certainly when, when Chris was the only guy having a really efficient night Portis, I mean, Bobby had tons of foul trouble. He was really frustrated. Um, I don't know what he was, I don't know what kind of trash talk he was doing, after he blocked, was it, he blocked Siakam in the final minute and started trash talking him. It's like, Bobby, like he's destroyed you guys tonight and you sucked. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you, what are you trash talking? But I don't know. It was a, the Bucks were clearly frustrated by this game and the Raptors, you know, um, I think were in their heads by the end of it.
0: Yeah. Just a couple quick notes as we wrap it up. You, you spoke about the size of the Raptors and it's interesting to look at the box score and you see that they only brought four guys off the bench, but three of those guys with Ken Birch, Chris Boucher, and precious Sature, you're talking about well, whether you want to call them fives or, or whatever, but they're bigger guys. So they're one of the more interesting lineup ruster dynamics across the league, just in terms of the size they have. And then, of course, they throw Freddie out there as the uh the token small fella they have out there in the lineup, and then he he obviously played pretty well. at uh, the second point just on Siakam, I was there was one particular blow by on Chris, but Chris was just left in the dust just standing there, and I thought to myself. You know, Sarkin's become this guy that most people overlook across the league because he had that uh, almost MVP buzz early in the season a couple of years ago, and now most people have realized, okay, well, he's probably not that guy. But he's still a really good player. But for the Bucs, when you take Giannis out of the lineup and you take Brook Lopez out of the lineup and you have nothing behind a guy like Chris (laughs) Belton, it's like, okay, yeah, he's going to be able to score at will, and he did that. So the Bucs obviously found it uh, difficult tonight. Just looking ahead – uh, you said that they're going to have they have a real NBA schedule. Brooklyn in a couple of days, Friday night, 6.30 p.m. tip. It's in Brooklyn, so there's going to be no Kyrie Irving, but he did play tonight, and they had 79 points between the three of them. Kyrie had 22 points. He was 9 for 17. So, you know, maybe he's been getting some getting some shots up over the last few months. Who knows? But that's going to be a challenging matchup, uh, even withstanding that Kyrie's not going to be there because they actually can upgrade and start Paddy Mills uh, at, the, at the point guard. So, so the Nets will be just fine and that's going to be a difficult a difficult matchup for the bucks who are 10 games over 500 now after this one don't forget to check out the lockdown bets podcast with your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling i have you covered with everything you need there if you're into that type of thing any final thoughts frank on what is actually an eventful podcast i'm sure well, there'll be plenty of feedback i'm looking forward to hearing how everyone is feeling about the boogie Cousins situation
1: yeah i'm really curious how they kind of respond on friday i mean I tweeted about it. It was not a very well-liked tweet because it sort of, um, uh, well, nobody really pushed back on it, but there were not a lot of likes on it. Um, I pointed out, you know, the Bucks are are now eight and seven against 500 or better teams this year, um, which is extremely mediocre. Um, It's also the fewest games that any team has played against 500 or better teams. I mean, they've had by far the the easiest schedule in the league. Um, And you just look at the teams that they've beaten Obviously, the opening night win—you know—makes sense. We have this conversation now, given they're playing the Nets in the next game. Obviously, the opening night win was extremely impressive. Since then, they've been just—I mean, first off, they haven't played many teams that actually have had their best players. And you look at their wins. I mean, they basically have like no really impressive wins outside of the first game of the season. Look, this isn't the NCAA tournament. Like, you don't need—you know—a resume of wins. Like, it's just the standings, right? Um, But. Okay, they beat Denver without Jokic, they beat the Nuggets or the the Mavericks without Luka, they beat the Lakers without LeBron. You kind of go down the list, you know, they beat the Heat that one game neither Jimmy nor Bam played. Giannis was out of that game too. Um, but really like the 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 only games they've won against kind of like full strength teams that are above 500 were home games against the Cavs and Hornets, and neither of those games was very resounding, let's say. So They've pretty much just like beaten the crap out of like a lot of teams that aren't very good, or you know have been dealing with obviously lots of teams have been dealing with injuries and things like that. So, um, you know, I mean, the the good news is I I think this it was really similar last year. Like the Bucks really didn't didn't felt like they couldn't get big wins last year, and then they got they won that that st- that stretch of games where had Philly and the the Nets games at home. But even those games, you know, Kyrie, I think. um I think Harden made, I'm trying to remember, was Harden out of those games? It wasn't the full strength Nets in those games. And, you know, the Sixers were dealing with injuries as well. Um, the big difference this year is we know the Bucs can win an NBA championship because they just did that. So I think that's why, like, you know, there's not really reason to panic. But in terms of, like, looking at this team and just saying, like, you know, where are they going to finish in the East? Are they going to make a run at the top spot in the East? I mean, they've been pretty, like, just winning the games they should at this point. And I'm very curious to see here as this, I mean, as, as this next month, you know, how are they going to do? I mean, are they actually going to go, especially given that they're not going to be at full strength, they're not going to have Brook Lopez. Um, you know, can they actually win consistently against some of the the better teams in the league? Or are they going to kind of trudge through the regular season again, kind of like they did for much of the season last year, especially now when they know that they they can win an NBA championship, they don't really have as much to prove. I think Friday I'm sure coming off two straight losses the Nets you hope would have you know kind of bring out the best in them um I'm definitely looking forward to see kind of how they respond in that game and obviously you hope they kind of again they don't have to make a statement game but you know as fans as people who have to talk about this team every day more or less um it would be nice if they kind of were able to provide a little reminder of of how good they are and and actually do it against a team that that obviously is one that you know, you may see in the playoffs.
0: So, just on that, and and I was one of the the masses that didn't hit like on your tweet, and I, I. I do, it's not I a, do a very it, fun tweet. It's I not do it, a but, fun tweet. No, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't like it. So, I mean, I'm just staying true to myself, Frank, which is what I try and do yep. on Twitter. Well, but, I
1: asked you. I asked you the other day, like, what was the most impressive <laughs> Bucks win after after the you know after uh, after opening night, and you were like, I think you literally said, "Who cares?" Well, to which I would say. Uh, what are the random stupid things that we've spent hours talking about we just know, we just spent like 40 minutes talking about boogie cousins getting waved right who cares about that yeah,
0: so um, anyway
1: kane finish your thought
0: well in my defense i think it was about two o'clock at 2 a.m australian time and i was half asleep and i i just thought i'd throw a barb and then put my phone down and see what happens when i woke up in the morning um but no one really said no one really got upset about it you didn't even respond to my
1: I don't, I don't even respond to you I don't respond to Dean ever because it's you know yeah I just I just ignore you guys That's a good point
0: um, but what I was gonna say and I, I just got a haircut if you're watching on YouTube um, feel free to leave your um, thoughts in the comments if you're not watching on YouTube <laughs> you use this as an excuse to jump on YouTube but as you do when you go to the barbershop you talk to uh, Shout out to Mikey by the way I'm sure he's not listening to the podcast but we were talking are last you
1: getting week. more are you getting more haircuts now that you're a TV personality?
0: Oh absolutely I used to get yeah, a I got to. I used to get haircuts like once every four months and that was it was actually yeah. embarrassing. But now I now I have to like um, try and do something. So anyway, uh, and he's a big Knicks fan and he was saying, well, who, what teams do you think you are good in the NBA? And I said, well, it's actually, you can't really base it off the regular season because no one's played. And if you really wanted to like sift through the matchup data and who played and who didn't play, so that would be the only pushback I would have with the with the plus five hundred record because you would have to go through and say, well, okay, well the Bucks have hardly had their best lineup. So that's all I'm gonna say. That would be the only pushback to me. I still look at it as I've never I've never really looked at a regular season like this where I'm like, I don't know what the hell any of this means. Just win when you can, and hopefully you're healthy when it when it matters. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I still think though, like I mean, I don't want the Bucks to be like the six seed, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I I, think you really want to be a top four seed. Yeah. So at least you have home court in the first round and perhaps most importantly, you're not having to play, you know, like a legitimately good team on yes. the road in the first round. I mean, like, I don't, I mean, yeah, the Bucks swept the heat but I don't want to play the heat uh, on the road in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, you know, like you, yeah. you gotta take the regular season seriously enough. And and play at a high enough level to, to give yourself at least a, a you know a good chance to to make your first round a little bit easier than than it otherwise would be. So yeah, I mean again, I think this 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 season is like as you said, like because of how weird it's been for every team, it's made it harder to really take a whole lot from this regular season relative to others. I mean, you know, like the jazz, your guy Joe Ingles, the first jazz player to get COVID, you know, all season. That's probably a reason why the Jazz have just, you know, yeah, exact, yeah, wrecked most, you know, a lot of teams. They're a good team and they've had no covid issues so far, right? I mean, that's a pretty good competitive advantage um that, you know, now has has caught up unfortunately with the Bucks and you know, we'll see, right? I mean, you just I think we're all just sort of hoping that the league sort of gets through the next like month and you know, all these guys catching omicron hopefully will, you know, then not be susceptible to catching anything else the rest of the season, but who knows, right? And and as we said, I mean, Drew Holiday hasn't had COVID in a year and a half at this point, or not, not a year and a half, in about a year. Um, and so here we are like speculating about, you know, reinfections and, and stuff like that, right? It's a crappy place to be as fans, but, um, you know, I th- I think again, uh, the Bucks don't, you know, have to finish ahead of the Chicago Bulls who, I mean, the Chicago Bulls are first in the East right now. It's impressive, man. I mean, say what you will. I mean, they've had a bunch of absences too. Um, some teams have just worked through it better than others. But the Bucks are still on the higher end of of absences and games lost this year. So it's not like you know they're just like every other team. Um, but again, I think you know certainly Bucks have had some streaks, but you know they've really just kind of gotten fat on on bad teams. And now is the test uh, to see you know can they actually win a little more consistently against teams that. You know are, are more of the quality that they're gonna to have to face in the playoffs
0: no doubt and as we wrap it up i will just uh, point out that as when you talk about home court for the playoffs which would be lovely and um, we can't sit back here and rely on a choke of epic proportions from the philadelphia 76ers again to give the bucks back home court i don't think there's any philadelphia fans listening and they certainly probably wouldn't have lasted 40 minutes but if they're on take that that's my bar as we, as we wrap up the podcast frank Good to catch up with you again. Like I said, the Bucks play the Nets. That's going to be Friday night. We'll have a podcast tomorrow in between in the lead up to that game. Uh, but in the meantime, like I said, let us know whether it's Twitter, or on YouTube, um, your thoughts on this Boogie cousin stuff. I know it's going to spark a lot of debate. It was fun breaking it all down here. Until tomorrow, for Frank and myself, we'll catch you guys later.